am so excited to share that starting October 9th, I am doing a live mastermind for stepmoms. So a live mastermind for stepmoms who are creating change, who want to improve relationships and who want access to a proven framework for managing the extra stress that comes with stepmom life, because we all know the struggle is real. And look, I'm going to be straight. When you work with me, it's not going to result in your step family stressors just going away. Issues with the ex and issues with your stepkids will probably still be there in some way, shape or form. Because the truth is I cannot change another person and neither can you. God knows we've all tried. What I can do is give you the tools and mindset to rise above the tough stuff, to not feel consumed, to feel more in control, to set boundaries and disengage and tackle the tough stuff in a way that gets you closer to the type of life that you want to and deserve to be living. I have a step-by-step framework that I and thousands of stepmoms have gone through and it literally changes the way you experience stepmom life. The best part about this framework is, is that you can return to it again and again as your step family life evolves and you come into new seasons because stressors with adult step kids are different than stressors when you're co-parenting when the kids are younger. Kids go through different phases. There are new challenges like court and different expenses coming up. Like step family life, it ebbs and flows. And this framework that I am teaching you in this mastermind is something that you can return to whenever you need to regroup and get back into control of your step family life. I have done it countless times and the stepmoms I've worked with continue to use it. And that's why when you join, you get lifetime access. Well, lifetime as long as I'm doing this, but you know, lifetime access to this framework. So here's the deal with the mastermind starts October 9th. You get five weekly group calls with me. You get access to a workbook with prompts and tips and strategies that really are the crux of the program. There's like 10 plus videos. And basically this framework is everything you need to help you redefine your stepmom experience. So if you're interested in working with me, if you're interested in joining this mastermind, if you're interested in investing in your step family life, And you know, for a fact that one year from now, or even six months from now, you do not want to feel the way you're currently feeling about your stepmom life. You should join us head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash mastermind to learn more. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash mastermind to learn more. The cart closes October 8th. It's going to be freaking amazing invest in yourself, invest in your family. And I can promise you, you're going to redefine your stepmom experience. There is usually an apology. And I think that kind of comes back from, I will apologize to the kids if I'm out of line. If I've shot from, what did you say? I shoot from the hip? Yeah. Well, if I've shot from the hip and I, I've shot from the hip a couple of times in the last year, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, With me sometimes too. Fair enough. <laughs> but... I always apologize. I'm like, Hey, you know, I wasn't at my best. I'm sorry that I said that. I didn't mean that. Or here's where I was coming from. And you do the same with the kids too. If you don't show up in your best. And I think that's allowed them to say, Hey, you know, I'm sorry I said that. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. 
All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast, guys. Darren's back. We're recording. It's 6.40 in the morning. Our usual time? Our usual time. We have to make time. We have it's to. hard sometimes. It's very hard. How many times have we said we're going to sit down and do this? Many. I was actually listening to a kind of podcast tutorial and the girl was talking about how you have to make sure, you know, your voice is warmed up and you're in a good headspace and, you know, there's an echo-free room and all the things. And I'm like, well, we crawl out of bed. (laughs) We're sitting at our kitchen table with scratchy voices, but it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. So welcome, honey. Thanks. Been a while. Everyone wants you to come back on more and more. So maybe we can do some more morning sessions. Pump it up. Pump it up. All right. So we're going to talk about adult stepkids and late teen stepkids, like when your kids get older today. Because I get a lot of questions about how we manage things, any stressors around that, how the stepmom experience changes when kids get older. And we've been actually talking a lot about this just personally and how there feels like there's just been this shift, I guess, in our family. Like we're in this new season where the kids are older, they're more independent. We have less face time with them, but we would say still great quality of time with them, but there's, we're in a new season. Very much. Yeah. It's kind of mourning the last season for this new one. Like mourning as in grief. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I miss, but at the same time, you can't stop them from growing up. Can't stop time. It it, it has very much changed your role. How do you think it's changed my role? I think you were a lot busier when they were younger. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's still a lot of mental anxiety and, and we're mentally busier if you could say that, because we're trying to schedule, we've got different problems, you've got different issues, but we're not as physically busy. You know, we used to come home and I would go one way, you would go another, you'd be helping with this, or you'd be running and doing that, or you'd be anchoring down the house while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. We don't have as much of that. A lot of extracurriculars. We had a yeah, lot the of extra, I guess that's it. They're older. They can go to a lot of things on their own. Two of them are driving. One's about to drive. So they can do a lot on their own, but they're also not in as much that we have to be there. Mm-hmm. They focused on what they want or they're finished. Yeah. They're becoming young adults, I guess. And you know, what's really interesting when I was in that season where I felt like we just never sat down, like night times. I remember even when I first had Reese and this newborn baby trucking her to the hockey arena because you still had to work late and doing all the things. And I remember being like, wow, like this is so busy. I hate this. I, I just want this to end. And now I look back and I don't know, I felt like the kids needed me more then. And I am a little sad. Well, they did. Yeah, they did need me they more. They did need you more. Yeah. So now They're becoming more independent. So just to give you guys an update, if you're new here. So right now my oldest stepdaughter, she is in university. So she's in her third year. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Yeah. She just turned 21. We're going to Nashville for a celebration for her birthday, which is really exciting to be able to go do that with her. And then my middle stepson, he is 19. He lives with us full time. He is doing an apprenticeship. He actually works with my brother, which is really cool. Yeah. So he works full time. He's in kind of school right now doing his like schooling for apprenticeship, but you work mostly and then you have like sessions in school. And then my 16 year old stepson, he is still week on week off ish. And he goes back and forth, but yeah, he's in the 11th grade. And then we have our daughter Reese who is nine and now she's in all the things. I feel like she's the one who's the busy one now. Yeah, she is like 
last couple of nights we've been taking turns. You drop her off, I pick her up. Mm-hmm. But it used to be that with three of them. Plus a baby. <laughs> Plus a baby in hand. But do you not miss some of the moments where we used to, on a Wednesday night, get to go and watch a hockey game and we'd have popcorn and we'd be sitting in the stands and it'd, it'd be sort of our lounge time or free time just to be able to sit and watch the kids instead of running around and doing things for them. Yeah. And Reese would be at the glass, like screaming and cheering for the boys and Mm -hmm. they were half mortified, but also kind of loved it. Yeah. And I miss, you know, slipping out at three o'clock to go watch a volleyball game for our oldest daughter or a rugby game. I guess we still have that for our youngest. He played Mm -hmm. rugby, but I, I miss some of it, but it was it was a lot. And I, and for you who came in and hadn't experienced this busyness, and, and they were really young, so they weren't even as busy when you first came in. It got busier as you were. We would have 15 were, ice times in a week. Yeah, for hockey. Wild. Do you know what I don't miss, though? Is the awkwardness at the hockey arena and, like, the unpredictability. Like, you didn't know how your co-parenting relationship would be that time. So it's like, are we going to be friendly? Are we going to pretend we don't exist? Do I need to go to the bathroom and just sit on the toilet and text my friends because I feel so awkward I want to puke? Like, what is this going to be, right? Like, I remember just those early days trying to find my place and the hockey arena being so awkward. But now we really, in terms of like the co-parenting stuff, have very, very little to do with each other. Like, there's not really much to talk about when back in the day it was like you were constantly talking Constantly needing to communicate. And the, the awkwardness at the hockey arena, I remember that when you first came along, you know, you and I'd kind of keep to ourselves and she was single. So we'd let her, you know, not let, but she would go hang out with all the other parents and we'd just kind of give her a wide berth and, and felt like, you know, that was nice of us to do that because we had each other and, and then she could go and yuck it up with all the other parents and stuff. But we've over time gotten to become friends and close to a lot of those parents and, so the awkwardness we felt, or was it going to be weird? You know, I look back now and think, why did we feel that way? But we did. I did too. I just, you never knew what you were going to get when you got there or who she would be hanging out with. And would it be awkward if we were all standing in the same crowd? But as you, as time goes on for any of those stepmoms out there that feel awkward, it gets better. You look back and think, oh, why did I feel awkward? Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was the only one thinking it was awkward. Everyone else was just socializing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think it can get into your head. Well, it's about bit. your own insecurities, right? Sure. Totally. And I was just kind of trying to find my place and really, really worried about basically everything. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Get out there and keep going. Keep showing up. Keep doing the things. Because if I didn't continue going to hockey, like think about like my three best friends now who I talk to right. multiple yeah. times a day, all met through hockey or friends of friends through hockey, like all through my stepkids. Cause I know there's my stepmoms listening to this. I'm like, you know, there's some moms who are not nice to me at hockey or who are really close with the ex and, and, you know, make me feel uncomfortable. That's cool. That's fine. Let them do their thing. Cause that does happen. Like, I don't want to minimize that. But again, that's more about their own insecurities. Chances are you're the worst nightmare and You just really need to show up, find your people. Don't worry about those who are not all that welcoming because you will find women who, you know, you can create really long lasting friendships with. You just got to put in the time. Yeah. And again, I think you're thinking about it more than everybody else is thinking about it. Some of those moms are thinking about it. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Right. Remember when, remember some of the moms who were kind of, kind of mean, like. Yeah, true. 
not as friendly. They're also divorced now. So again, when I say like, <laughs> it's about what someone else is going through in their own life and representing True. their own, their own worst insecurities or nightmare, whatever. All right. So let's talk about where we're at now. So yeah, let's talk about having an adult stepkid full time living in your home. So Eth has lived with us. Is it two years now? Full time? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's lived with us full time two years. And I would say for me, it's been bittersweet because I did always have this dream that the kids would live with us full time. And I know that's not the right thing to say, but you know, one of my things that I don't always feel comfortable admitting is that I always wished we were first family. I wish these kids were my kids. I wish we didn't have any co-parenting. I wish we didn't have to go back and forth and didn't have any of the complications. And I've always loved just kind of like jumping in and being, being the mom in the home. And, you know, that's helped me a lot. And it's also caused me maybe more frustrations and stress and disappointment. But you were really good in that role. You did do that role. But I think what caused you frustration and disappointment is when real mom would come in and overrule something or the kids would leave. As she should. Yes. Or the kids would leave and it would just be your reminder that, yes, I share them or I'm a stepmom Mm -hmm. or, you know, and I, and I, I remember that. Or, you know, you ultimately could be overruled on a disciplinary thing or rules around the house. And again, they had different rules at the other house. Yes, I get that. Yeah. So he moved in with us full time. Basically when he turned 18, he was, he was like, I'm just done with the back and forth, which I totally get. Like I can't imagine. And I think as stepmoms and any parents, when our kids are going back and forth or when you're co-parenting, think about how, how unsettled you can feel when you're living in a suitcase or you come home from vacation, you're constantly on the go. Like that's how they are every week. So I think a little bit of empathy there. So he was like, I'm done with the back and forth. And he decided to stay with us full time, which, you know, has been great, but also been really hard. Like I would say it was been a really hard season because you're trying to figure out how these kids become independent. They're adults. They're figuring like you can't ground them. Like there's rules, but there's not rules. Yeah, there's house rules, but you can't ground them. You can't. They're adults now. They're working full time or in school full time. It's a change. So, you know, when they're up late at night partying in the basement, they're entitled to do that at that age. Not but if they're going to wake up. Our house, <laughs> and we're sleeping, and there's house rules. And I think that's the big thing that we struggled with was we don't like this in our house. Yes, you're an adult. You are legally allowed to do that. But it's not going to happen in our house. And we, we've we struggled a few times with those kind of rules. Yeah, it was really – there were conversations like, this isn't a frat house. So I got like, this is what your friends are doing. But they moved out. Like they're either at university or they're renting a place or something like that. So, you know, maybe if you're bringing girls home or if you're wanting to have drinks late at night or whatever, like you also need to remember we have a nine-year-old here and – you have a stepmom who likes to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I didn't have a stepmom or step parents, but when I was 19 or 20, my dad came down and yelled at me lots of times when I did stunts like that, came home and had friends over after the bar and, mm-hmm. and did that to me when I was 25, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was at their house, you know, and I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have respected the house rules. So I think that's where it comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe where it gets more challenging for me, it's like, well, as we've always said, your stepkids are far more forgiving of their real parents. Like you guys can bounce back quicker than say I can. 
right? So I can still be pissed off a few days later, or, you know, he'd be still pissed off at me if I've, you know, given him shit about something, whereas you guys can bounce back. It's sort of like dad was being an ass or mom was bitchy, but as a stepmom, you're a bitch. So it lasts longer. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if you know totally. what I mean, it's, it's, it's like I get a moment, you know, I'm being an ass. I'm not an ass. I'm a bitch. You're not just being bitchy. You're a bitch. Yeah. Whereas with your own parents, you may just say they're being like this, whereas they will hold a grudge longer because you're the step. Yeah. And you know what I, do you know why I also feel like it's a little more stressful for me is I'm here more. So if there's like a mess in the, in the bathroom or if there's dishes everywhere or things like that, I'm the one who typically has to clean that up or I have to choose whether I clean it up or I leave it, but I typically just clean it up. So I notice things a little bit more than maybe you do. So where it's tough for us is if I'm in a tough season with one of my stepkids, I always let Darren take the lead. I don't have those tough conversations. I really try to protect the vibe of my home. I also can kind of be a little snooty. So I know if I address it, it's going to make things worse. Like I've really learned to kind of pick my battles. I would say most of the time. You shoot from the hip sometimes and you should. Yeah. You have to massage it a little more. Yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) But I have to come to Darren and I'm like, okay, can you deal with like the hair all over the bathroom sink or can you deal with the dishes or can you deal with that? So Darren feels like I'm constantly nagging him to nag my stepson and And you feel like you're caught in the middle. It's not even just the one that lives with us full time. Oh, they're all They're all do that. And even our daughter that comes home sometimes, her room can get... um, Her room's disgusting. Out of control. Yeah. But you know what's so interesting? I feel like I'm not as triggered by that, maybe because we have a different relationship. And that's where I have to check my, check myself, right? Like she's not here. So it's not in my face as much. So we're not. Close your door and we don't notice. Yeah. I'm not as on top of it. But I think because I'm constantly feeling a little triggered by like the constant stuff when you're living full time. And I think that's the thing. Like you don't get the break. Yeah. They don't get the week on, week off. Where you don't have the dishes piling up in the sink and you don't have the bathroom messy and the noise and the people coming over. And Yeah. I have to say, though, this has been a work in progress, but we have been clear on house rules and it has changed. It mm-hmm. has gotten better. We, you know, we, we've said, yes, you're an adult. You can make these decisions. You can do this stuff. But again, you're under this roof. There are house rules, you know, and this goes for all the kids. This isn't just one. It's, it's all of them. This is kind of the rules here. So I think we've had a better period now that we've been firm on what the rules are. Mm-hmm. I think at first when you become an adult and you're allowed to do things, you think you can just do them and you forget that just because you're, you forget 19 that you don't pay rent or 19, you know, you can't just go sit down in the basement and leave a bunch of beer cans with your friends or come in at two in the morning after the bar and have a little after hours party just because you're legal age to drink and you're, you're legal to do that. There are people living here that are trying to sleep that have to get up in the morning. Yeah. You know what? One thing I think you've done really well. And I think that a lot of dads specifically could benefit from this with you. You've never tolerated disrespect to me. And that has been, I think, the crux of our stepfamily success and our relationship with my stepkids or my relationship with my stepkids. They can't talk to me that way. Like you have always shut that down. 
and made sure they they know that even when we're disagreeing or even when you and I don't agree with, you know, whether something's a big deal or not, like they can't be disrespectful to me. It's always been shut down right away. And I do think that's an important thing for dad to do. Yeah, I think that's just important in general from a child to an adult or even a young adult is you need to respect the other person. You need to especially respect somebody in your situation that's a stepmom. So when there's words said, yes, I come down hard on that. And and I think that has helped all the kids certainly, you know, don't disrespect you, you know, maybe the odd time, the usual kind of mm-hmm. arguments and, and small things. But yeah, we don't put up with being like that. Mm-hmm. And there is usually an apology. And I think that kind of comes back from, I will apologize to the kids if I'm out of line, if I've shot from, what did you say, I shoot from the hip? Yeah. Well, if I've shot from the hip, and I, I've shot from the hip a couple times in the last year, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> With me sometimes too. Fair enough. <laughs> but I always apologize. I'm like, hey, you know, I wasn't at my best. I'm sorry that I said that. I didn't mean that. Or here's where I was coming from. And you do the same with the kids too, if you don't show up in your best. And I think that's allowed them to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I said that. You're right. I have gone in and and maybe taken it to an extreme when I was upset over something. And then later on, be you know, I'm sorry I yelled or I didn't mean to be that angry, but you have to understand I shouldn't have been that angry, but this is something that won't be tolerated. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all pretty good. I think you've got to sometimes check your ego and you have to be able to say, yes, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think it's really powerful, actually. I love back to school shopping. Not only do I love helping the kids pick out their backpacks and school supplies and shoes and just the things they need to start their fresh new school year, I usually do a little fall shopping myself. And this year I got myself my own backpack from Poppy Barley. So Poppy Barley is a female founded sustainable Canadian footwear and accessories brand. And their mission is luxury for the people and the planet. Poppy Barley crafts sustainably made products that are fair priced and designed to be worn on repeat, which as you guys know, I'm all about being deliberate and getting timeless pieces when it comes to my wardrobe. So this is so aligned for me. They are a certified B corporation, which means they meet the highest standards of verified social environmental performance, transparency, and accountability. So this year, one of my biggest intentions is to be more organized, especially when it comes to my work. We are always on the go, and I'm often working out of my car in Reese's dance parking lot or doing work in the lodge of the ski hill when she's doing her lessons, and I usually just throw my laptop in my tote, but this is not working for me. Once my laptop came out of my bag and I ran over it with my car, and another time my water bottle leaked in my bag and ruined my laptop. Like I have such bad luck with laptops, but I am confident now that with the backpack from Poppy Barley, with the special compartments for my, all my electronics, this is no longer going to be an issue. I'm going to get it together. So this classic leather backpack converts into a briefcase too. So you just have to unhook the straps, tuck them in and go. It is perfect for someone who's commuting and just who, you know, is working on the go. The backpack has been one of their best-selling styles for seven years and is handcrafted in a family-owned facility in Mexico. I also have my eye on the Glove Fit Flat in black and Poppy Barley's Kensington boot. They are freaking gorge. I'm definitely going to be using my own code. So you can head to poppybarley.com and use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM for 10% off your order. That's www.poppybarley.com and use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM to get 10% off your order. 
You can't use this code in conjunction with any other promotions, and it's limited to one per customer. www.poppybarley.com and use the code KICKASSDEMUM for 10% off. I want to tell you a story. So I was away with my aunt and my cousin about two years ago now, and they are the type of people who have all of their supplements and protein bars and goodies all in a big Ziploc bag when they travel. It's actually so great because they're so organized. They always have the goods and I'm just not on my game in that way. Now, one morning I was feeling a little dehydrated. And so my aunt gave me some watermelon element salt to put in my water. So in case you've been living underneath a rock, Element is an electrolyte drink mix. It's the one that everyone has been talking about. And after trying it, I was obsessed for the rest of the trip. I had heard about Element on other podcasts, but I had never tried it. And I just felt so good, loved the taste, and was like, I'm going to reach out to this brand and see if they want to partner on the podcast. Because I really believe that everyone needs some Element in their life. Honestly, every time I'm away or if we're out with friends, I have some in my bag. I'm like, you have to try this. So fast forward about a year later, Element has been a sponsor of the podcast for a while now. And I love it because it's one of the habits that I have in my daily routine. And my stepson and husband also love Element too. If you have not jumped on the Element train yet, I got to tell you, now is the time. A growing body of research has revealed that optimal health outcomes occur at sodium levels that are two to three times the government recommendations, which is why Element says more salt, not less. So each pack of Element has a truly meaningful dose of electrolytes in a science-backed ratio. So that's 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. No sugar, no sketchy ingredients, no gluten, no sugar. And so many other electrolyte drinks are just full of crap and sugar and lacking in actual electrolytes. So with Element, you can be confident that you're getting everything that you need and nothing that you don't. Element comes in eight flavors, and when you place an order through this link, www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom, you get a free sample pack with your order. This way you can try all the flavors and figure out your favorite. My go-to is watermelon and raspberry. My husband and stepson love the lime. www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickassstepmom for a free sample pack with purchase. Try risk-free with a money-back guarantee. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom. Now, something that has come up in the membership that I want to get your two cents on is flexibility with schedules with teenagers. So a stepmom came into the membership. She was talking in the chat room and she was saying, you know, my stepdaughter, she's a teenager and we always do a weekly dinner. They come every other weekend and then we do a weekly dinner and she's wanting to skip the weekly dinner to stay, do something with her mom, or she has something going on with her friends. You know, we feel like we should be forcing her to come because then dad isn't going to get time with her. What do you think? I think you have to be flexible when they get to a certain age or you'll get them rebelling against you or not wanting to spend time. I certainly would like more time with the kids at different periods, but I understand they have their friends now and, you know, they might have an event going on with the other household, whether it's a family thing. So you have to take that and say, yes, I'm going to be flexible, but you can always rearrange the schedule it doesn't I mean some people get so focused on it has to be Wednesday night it has to be at this time but if the kids have something going on or there's somebody's birthday or there's a party on the weekend and they they don't want to come it's easier to stay from 
a geographical standpoint at their mothers. We allow that because it's, 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 it's in their best interest. I would say though, if it's happening too, too much, you do want to carve out time. I actually have said to our youngest, not, not Reese, but, uh, our 16 year old that, you know, we need a little bit of dad and son time because we haven't had as much. And we did that in the summer too. And he came up on his own, no friends came up with us and went away for a weekend, which I was shocked that he did. And I got some great time with him, but I think he knew I was wanting some time, but I wasn't forcing him. I said, we just need to carve out some time. And I actually said that to him just recently because the last part of the summer got busy. The beginning of school is now busy. We're already halfway through September. You know, I've got stuff going on this weekend. We're going to be a month and I just want to carve out some time. And I actually tried to do that with our oldest son, the 19 year old. I tried to carve out Saturday morning with him, but again, he wanted to go down with his friends to another city where kids are going to school and spend the night. And he basically came to me and said, dad, I don't know if I'll be back in time. And I said, you know what? Go do that. We will get the time. I will carve out the time, but sometimes you have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand it's not about you. It's just they're in that period of their life where they're Friends are their world, right? Their social life is their world. And the more you force time, the more they'll resent it. And then they won't want to have that quality of time. Yeah. And I also think the time, you know, if it's just having dinner, maybe make it something else, you know, go, go for a walk or go do an event or something like that. I've found as they get older, like you said, we get better time, but sometimes we have to schedule something special. You know, we've got to go and do something. You know, I've tried different things that they don't like. I took two of them mountain biking one day and they hated it. I think they cried. <laughs> yeah, we went into I cried trails. mountain biking with you. And I thought, it was, I thought it was going to be the best afternoon and they hated it. We tried it and it didn't work. But then there's other things that they do like. So yeah, you just have to find what they like to do and maybe carve out time that way because maybe dinners are hard now because of their social or their other activities that they're doing. Maybe Saturdays are hard now because they want to be with their friends all day or they or want they to go work. out Saturday night. Or they have, yeah, summer jobs were hard this year for us to all do something. I mean, it was... You know, we were thinking about that every year when we used to take our holidays and, and we'd all go up in the same car and pack snack bags and that's totally changed. They were all coming at different times and only for two days. And so you have to adapt. Yeah, totally. You definitely have to adapt. And again, it's, you know, we are all about quality versus quantity with the kids, right? Not yeah, that's a great it. way to put it. We, I'll, I'll take two hours of really good time versus trying to have them hang around and they're not having fun or they're, you know, we're really not. There is nothing worse than sitting with a young adult or a teenager who does not want to be there. To me, that is a special kind of hell. So forcing that or even like forcing a dinner when they don't want to come, it's brutal, right? Like even when we have family dinners here at night on just like a weekday, the kids aren't sitting around and talking and laughing every single night. Like they're just eating dinner then they're going to do their thing. Yeah. Like and then just, there's other times where we all do sit and tell stories and talk and stuff. Mm -hmm. It just can't or, be forced. Yeah. Or they'll, you know, I'll say to them sometimes, I know you've got to kind of, our oldest likes horror movies. I'll say, do you want to watch a horror movie together tonight? You know, we'll kind of hang out and talk and then put the movie on and I get a bit of a night. But you've Sometimes she'll something. say yes and sometimes she'll, she'll be like, eh, not tonight. Absolutely. No. It's just they need to feel like they have more control, right? I want to see my boyfriend. Not being or, forced. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about finances when the kids are older. So this is always like a big question. Do you have to pay child support after 18? And I think it totally depends on your agreement. I know there's some agreements that they have to pay until they're like 21, 25, sometimes it's 18. It really depends on what your agreement is. So I will say that. 
we're in a tricky situation because we came up with an agreement to try and finalize this. And so I can't really say everybody's agreement is going to be the same. What I will tell you is as the one that pays support payments, even though there will be an end to official support, I find that the obligation has come on me to support the older ones. Mm-hmm. It seems that that's just the way it is, you know, when I'll talk to them and say, okay, what do you need for this? And and yes, I have certain things I have to pay for. That was part of our agreement. But then there's that miscellaneous spending or extracurricular, and they all have jobs. So it's not like we're, we, we have to give them money, but they do get tight from time to things are expensive now. And kids do more than I did when I was, you know, they go to these weekend concerts. We used to go to a concert for a night, you know, they're gone for a whole weekend and it's a $900 touch versus us. When I was a kid, it was maybe a hundred bucks. And we're not saying we're responsible for that. We're just, no, life is more expensive. It, now. Life's more expensive, but I find that it falls on me to, you know, top up their bank account here and there if that comes around or help with car insurance and things like that. It seems like it's still my obligation, even though technically it shouldn't be because it's theirs or, mm-hmm. but again, I have some things I have agreed to pay for, which 100%. I have no problem doing. I, we did that to try and finalize an agreement. And, but I do find you, you are still, it seems like I feel like I'm the one that they lean on when they need something. True. Now, let's talk about actual child support. So child support in our situation ends when the kids turn 18, but there's stipulation. So are working full time or are in university or college. But if they go to university or college, in our situation, we're responsible for paying that. But then there's no support. So it really does end at that time. Ours basically ends at that, but but then I'm on for paying for all of the educational costs. Yeah, which is fine. If they go work, you know, I technically don't have to pay anything, but I help our oldest son who, you know, he is working, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's a choice too, right? But then, you know, you get to the point where it almost feels better though, that, you know, the money that you're giving is going right to the kids, right? So there is an end in sight to that, but still, I think like, you know, and we'll talk about this more maybe on another podcast episode, but there is a lot of unfairness about the legal system, especially when kids go to post-secondary. Because did you know there's like almost a legal obligation here in Ontario for parents when they're separated to pay for a certain percentage of school and those costs? However, if we were like, we're married together. If we said to Reese, you're on your own for all of that, then there is no legal obligation for us. Yeah. Isn't that kind of screwed up? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so child support is coming to an end-ish. And that's true. I think you you hit the nail on the head is that it goes directly to the kids. I feel a lot better about that. I feel like I am actually paying for the kids. It's not going to subsidize other other things. Yeah, true. Is there anything else we wanted to dive into when it comes to adult stepkids issues, all those things. Hey, actually there was a stat I heard yesterday. Did you know 80% of adult stepchildren do not feel close to their stepmoms? No, I didn't know that at all. Oh, sad stat. Mm-hmm. I also think something we should touch on too is you've been with the kids for over 10 years now and there probably are stepmoms that come in when the kids are teenagers and it is going to be more difficult for them because you have those memories and you have that bond and you have you know you remember when the youngest was five and you know the other ones were you know really needed you 
So there's going to be stepmoms that are in this, as you call season, that don't have that background that you have or that time, mm-hmm. which could be a pro or con. They didn't have to have that busyness and the craziness that goes with it. And they might just be able to have the, a great relationship as a stepmom and a young adult, which depending on the child, but they also didn't have that runway that you had to build up. I don't think I would want to come in into the teenage years. And that's something where we could ask the kids, what would it be like right now if you rolled in? You know, you'd be all new to them. Oh, they'd really think it was a bitch then. <laughs> you know, it's another topic that comes up and, you know, something we've talked about. How long do you support your adult stepkids? Because I know some stepmoms are like, oh, I just got to wait till they're 18. Then they're going to go. And then it's like, just so you know, guys, they don't go. They don't always go. Like maybe like how long does an adult stepkid live with you? And that's where there's really differences in, in parenting values and preferences and how much you want to support your, your kid. Cause you know, I grew up when I was 18, I had no support. It was like, you're out, you're on your own. And I never wanted to be that as a parent, but then there's part of me that was like, okay, well, how long does this, this last for, right? Like, when do you have to go out on your own? But then again, in the climate right now, like it is so hard. Like you can't afford to rent a place. You can't afford to buy a house, like just real estate and living costs and stuff. It is really hard for kids to get started. I think on average, like kids are living at home until like they're 26. I heard that yesterday. And I was like, God help me. No, I don't want any of our kids living here until they're 26. Even Reese, like that's a long time to be living at home. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'd rather like remortgage my house and (laughs) pay for an apartment or something. But I think that's also an issue that comes up with couples Whereas stepmom's like, okay, are we done with this now? And their partner's like, no, like. Yeah, I think it's hard if you think, you know, they even if they don't go and get a post-secondary education and start working right away, how long do you have to save for a down payment on a house? You know, the I real guess estate if they're living at home, they can save a little more rapid, but if they're paying rent and then trying to save, it's a difficult time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're going to have a, a longer period post-school. Like not 26 though, right? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Think. I just feel like we're on the same page there. <laughs> no, I think you need to have a conversation with your partner, though. And I think, like you know, you definitely have been really good at empathizing with my perspective and how it can be a lot for me and how it can be frustrating for me. And you know, I've really tried to empathize with your perspective, whereas you want to be there, you want to provide that support, like how you sometimes feel caught in the middle. I think there's a lot of power in putting yourself in the other person's shoes the other parent's shoes and just saying, okay, we have really different perspectives on how long this is going to last or how much support we want to give and how do we come to some sort of compromise or agreement or just acceptance of it is what it is. Yeah. And because of the situation and a divorce and back and forth, and sometimes there's conflict and I just never want the kids to feel they don't have a place to go. They don't have that security, that safety. So you know, yes, we need to get them on their feet and get them going. And, you know, they can't live at home forever. But I also don't want them to think, oh, you're this age, you're out the door and, you know, Beat get it. to it. That's how and, I was and, raised. And you, and you felt that. And you didn't sucked. like it. And it was scary at times when your parents were in between, you know, moving or something and you, you almost didn't have a place to go. So no, I, I actually didn't have a place to go. You actually didn't have a place to go. And you told me that story. And I never want the kids to feel like that. And, and I know it might be harder on you sometimes because, you know, I do respect that you want to see, you know, they got to get on their own at some point. But 
I just never want them to feel that way. So it's it's walking a fine line that you don't give them security that they can just live at home forever and they're 35 living in the basement. But also, you know, I don't want them to ever be in a place where they feel they haven't got anywhere to anywhere to go or they're not welcome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm the same. I've always wanted the kids to feel like we're there for them no matter what, like we've got their back no matter what, like they can tell us anything and that we will always support them like they're never ever stuck. And I think sometimes when I'm in the depths of step family stress, or maybe I'm struggling with my stepson or just really, really struggling, I have to check myself on that because my emotions in that moment and my feelings of being a stepmom in that moment, like how I'm feeling can lead me to forget about what I really do want for the kids. And that's why it's so important to like try to check yourself and come back to like the long game. Like, what do you want? What do you want your stepkids to remember about their childhood? What kind of stepmom do you want to be? How do you want to show up for them? And those are questions that I have to ask myself when I'm spiraling. Cause I can really get into that spot where I'm like, God, like get an apartment, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that's really important. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that about wraps this one up. Yeah, I don't think I have anything more you to get, add. You're good? Well, we got 7.15 now, and we got a tutor session for our daughter, and then she's off to school and jam-packed days. So we made it happen. Thanks for listening, guys. If there's something you want Darren and I to talk about on the podcast, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. And if you haven't already, I would be super grateful if you left a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps the show so, so much. And Hey, not a lot of people are talking about the reality of being a stepmom. And so the more ears we can get into, the better. Thanks, Darren. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like how to disengage the right way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your stepfamily stress without causing a bear's fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your stepfamily life, You can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q&As. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join.